Well, it's been another huge week for the Australian travel industry. AFTA is debunking media myths. ETG has launched a corporate division. We've seen a tourism restart task force and Virgin Australia had some interested buyers. I'm Bruce Piper. And I'm Anna Piper. And this is Travel Daily News on the Fly. So we've seen some pretty savage mainstream reporting about travel agents this week uh, with sort of, I guess, implications that travel agents are holding on to money and not giving refunds. Is what they're saying fair? It's totally unfair and another symptom of this relentless 24-hour news cycle we're in the middle of and a seeming need to just be really negative about things. As if the bad news about cruise isn't enough, it seems like mainstream news channels just want to kick the travel industry while it's down. There's been a whole lot of complaints, particularly about Flight Centre, which has been at the centre of it, a bunch of Facebook action groups set up about a $300 per person cancellation fee, which is part of Flight Centre's standard terms and conditions. But in this situation, people think it's unfair that when their trips have been cancelled because of border closures, they're still getting whacked with fees if they want their money back. Now, look, to some extent, you can understand the frustration, but these groups get together and really whip each other into a frenzy. And of course, the TV stations and print media pick up on that, and they don't consider the fact that People don't have to take refunds. They can defer their trips, uh, which is what, of course, we all want them to do, nor the massive cash flow difficulties that the travel industry is facing, because let's face it, we've been hit harder than anyone else. Uh, This week, it was interesting. Flight Centre, in the face of all of the rising tide of complaints, ended up easing its cancellation policy, simplifying it, um, making it only apply to, to two passengers per booking. And although it's hard to get the message across, agents, of course, are quite within their rights to get some remuneration for all the work they're doing to look after their clients. But it did all come to a head this week with a particularly ignorant report on Channel 9's A Current Affair. And of course, also, travel agents are being all tarred with the same brush. And so what's after doing about it? I think it's important for the industry to understand that when there's blood in the water, it's really difficult to control the narrative. Just like we've seen in recent weeks with all of this ongoing criticism of the cruise industry, if a media outlet is fixated on a particular story angle, it's really, really difficult, sometimes impossible to get a balanced view across. Uh, Sometimes, you know, you'll do a half hour interview and they use two seconds of it, which doesn't put your opinion correctly anyway. So the industry's got to be conscious that sometimes even making a comment gives an excuse for the story to be run in a new context, which sort of gives it oxygen and uh, makes things worse. AFTA, and CLEAR for that matter, have been working really hard behind the scenes to counter some of this stuff, but really it's an absolute feeding frenzy. Anyway, this week after that ACA story, AFTA decided to proactively issue a statement outlining the facts about travel agents and refunds, and they've sent that to all of the news sources across the country, TV stations, radio and print. So do you think this will work? Look, to be honest, I'm not sure. As we've seen with Ruby Princess, there's a lot of uh, somewhat inexperienced journalists out there who really aren't letting facts get in the way of a good story. I think AFTA's initiative is a great step in the right direction, and it's definitely helpful for AFTA to keep its members informed about what it's doing, because so much of this happens behind the scenes. Today's episode of News on the Fly is brought to you by Travel Bulletin. It's a strange and confusing time that we're living in, with the corona crisis having a drastic impact on the travel industry. That's why the May issue of Travel Bulletin will look at the key role that travel agents will play in the post-COVID recovery. The edition will also unpack and demystify the government stimulus packages that are available to help us out in this tough time. So don't miss the May edition of Travel Bulletin, coming next week. Head to travelbulletin.com.au to check it out. 
So this week, we've also seen Express Travel Group launch a new business. I think it's called Alitus Corporate. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. What is the story there? This is a really gutsy move by Express Travel Group CEO Tom Mannering. He's been working on plans for a corporate division for about a year, I think. And this has come to fruition this week. Uh, in the form of a new business called Alitus Corporate, Alitus Latin for wings, and I'm sure he's hopeful that it's going to take off. You know, the timing seems odd in the middle of COVID, but I think there's definitely a method to his madness. Alitus is going to complete the travel agency puzzle for ETG. It's already got Select Travel Group and Independent Travel Group and I Talk Travel and Cruise, you know, a bunch of leisure and VFR brands. The pitch for Alitus sounds pretty appealing, and particularly for TMCs that value their independence and who've particularly been rocked over the last year with the introduction of Qantas's NDC solution, which has really hit their revenue. It needed to be announced now because Alitus is seeking new members in the lead up to the 1st of July, which is when airline contracts typically start for the coming year. And uh, it's pretty appealing, promising uh, member control, uh, full transparency of overrides and choice of supply preferred suppliers. So despite COVID-19, Tom is pressing on and a big attraction will also be the express ticketing platform, which with some recent innovations is going to provide a lot of support for NDC transactions and help TMCs to sort of grapple with this ever-evolving future of corporate travel. And have they got any members yet? They haven't announced anyone at this stage, but They've said that they're in negotiations with several agencies, and I'll be very surprised if, if there isn't an announcement in the next couple of weeks about the initial members of Alitus. So as COVID-19 rolls on, we've seen perhaps the first, I guess, glimmer of hope this week with the announcement of a tourism restart task force. What's the story there? I think it's a little early to be jumping cartwheels, but as we settle into this new normal, there are a few positive signs. The fact that this task force has been announced is at least a recognition that travel and tourism have been among the hardest hit sectors. And there's definitely some heavy hitters on board who should be able to keep that message in front of the government, hopefully. So what's it all about and who is on this task force? Interestingly, for a task force like this, it's not just about inbound tourism. Um, And in particular, Graham Turner, Flight Centre CEO, is on it. Jackie Walsh from the Walsh Group, Ponance, Serena Bratton, uh, she'll certainly keep the cruise industry in focus. And there's plenty of business events firepower on board as well, including ICC Chair Jeff Donaghy and, of course, Tourism Australia Chair Bob East. Basically, the task force is going to sort of liaise with all levels of government and I think highlight the huge importance of travel and tourism and the recovery that's needed to get people back into jobs, hopefully ensuring that all of us are at the forefront of the recovery. So what other big things have happened in the industry this week? Yesterday, the administrators of Virgin Australia held their first creditors meeting, of course, virtually. Vaughan Strawbridge from Deloitte sounded pretty upbeat about the prospects for a relaunch of the airline in some form. Uh, He said there were eight people who've signed non-disclosure agreements and another 12 companies, so a total of 20 interested parties, and a pretty optimistic timetable, which they envisioned the business relaunching under new ownership by the end of June. Now, at the moment, I think it's particularly important that we recognise the good things that are happening amidst the doom and gloom. So before we finish up, Bruce, can you share with us some good news for the industry this week? 
Well, I think that that virgin news is really good news for the industry um, and particularly for the people who've been stood down, you know, some light at the end of the tunnel. But there's also been some really good news for the trade in terms of domestic tourism this week. Uh, We've seen Destination New South Wales having a clear strategy to involve travel agents in the recovery, at least the early stages of domestic tourism recovery. Also, the cruise wholesaler Cruise Traveller on the Gold Coast reported uh, quite a lot of interest in 2021 bookings for their sort of small ship portfolio. But on the other side, they've confirmed that they've written off 2020 as water under the bridge, unfortunately. Something that was also really positive this week uh, was the government's launch of the COVID Safe app, which I think has had more than 2 million downloads already. Now, look, I know there are concerns about security and privacy and all that sort of thing, but after clear many many industry organizations have urged us to support it and to promote it to our clients because the sooner we can get this COVID-19 under control the sooner life is going to start to return to normal so I really want to encourage all of our readers to have a close look at it if you think it's right for you download it and you know let's get this economy started again as soon as we can Well, thanks for listening. Keep up to date with your daily newsletters from Travel Daily and Cruise Weekly. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for your weekly run through of all the latest travel industry news. We'll be back next week with more news on the fly.